Hey everyone, welcome to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. My name is Pastor Daniel Williams, and I am here in Bashinova, Mexico. Uh, it's so great to have you with us again, and uh, I just want to welcome you from Mexico. Dios le bendiga. We're actually here on a mission trip with a small team from our church, and we've been coming down here for the last 10 years or so. I have a very good friend, Jason Sanchez, who is the director of the House of Blessing, and as soon as we went to go plant Redemption Church in Delray Beach, uh, he went to go to Mexico to start an orphanage with this ministry called the House of Blessing, him and his wife, uh, Jackie, and his daughter, Ayantu. And so we've been close friends for over 15 years, and we've been serving the Lord together for a long time. And as we went to go plant a church, we've been financially supporting them, and I've been coming down here for many years and have drawn uh, many relationships from these trips. And so excited to be here, um, and I'm actually recording this in the sanctuary at a Calvary Chapel uh, uh, in Bashinova, Mexico. Now, let me take a couple of steps back. Bashinova is actually five hours south of El Paso. So we from Florida had to fly in El Paso, drive a car five hours down, and now we're in a rural area, Bashinova, which has about 3,000 people, and God has planted and done an incredible work here in this area, not only with Jason Sanchez, but a couple other people I want to introduce to you in this podcast. Uh, Pastor uh, Luis and Kim planted this church. And so Jason has actually been coming down here longer than I have. Uh, Kim is his aunt and Luis is his uncle. And uh, they have seen God do an incredible work here in Bashinova, Mexico, and they're making disciples. And so as I've been coming down here, building relationships, uh, man, there's been important lessons that I've learned from this small rural town in Mexico. So I thought, hey, why don't I do a lesson since I'm already here to be able to share some of the wisdom I've gleaned and learned from the people um, that have blessed me over the years. And so we're going to get, a, I'm going to give you an interview in this episode. Uh, we're going to have a few pieces of one piece of advice. Uh, many people, multiple people uh, are going to be sharing one piece of advice from servants that are down here in Mexico. Uh, and then we're going to have a leadership lesson with Jason Sanchez, uh, the director of the House of Blessing, my very good friend. Uh, and it's going to be a great episode. So I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're watching. And for those watching on YouTube, I'm going to try to give you some pictures and video and b-roll and even uh, some things of just so you can see perspective of what the town and stuff looks like. Now this wasn't actually my plan. I love recording this podcast, setting up my camera across the desk uh, in my office and just being able to talk to you uh, like you're there, like we're having an appointment because it's important to me and I want to pour into you in that way. Uh, that's what sort of is awesome about a podcast. It's a little informal. Uh, this podcast is a little bit more formal because I ask people that have, I've been connected to to give me an important leadership lesson uh, and sort of almost like a Bible study or wisdom preaching to us because we know uh, as pastors, as leaders, as church planners and missionaries that we need preaching. We need people to exhort us and to encourage us. Um, and so I actually have all these videos lined up throughout the year and per season. We're on season five. And uh, this week's episode wasn't supposed to be a Mexico takeover, a Bashinova takeover. Um, but my daughter actually uh, got COVID while we were down in Bashinova, Mexico. And so the team just left today to go back to the States. We're in isolation here in Mexico uh, for another five days. Yes, praise God. Uh, and figuring it out. How many of you guys know that verse in Proverbs? Man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Well, I memorized that proverb with 2020 and COVID. 
and I'm applying it right now. And so I'm not able to be in my office this week because I'm still in Mexico, but praise God for technology and I have my camera. I thought I'd throw it up, set it up and have an appointment with you because it does matter how I can, how you can come to this podcast and continually be encouraged and equipped. And I want to do my best to be able to do that. And so because uh, I want to make this podcast sort of personal, sort of every two weeks recording it, this is where I'm at. I'm in Mexico. So, hey, welcome. I'm going to show you a little bit about Mexico, introduce you to some of my friends that are doing great work and ministry for the Lord here, making disciples. And it's going to be a great, uh, great episode where we can learn from the people here in Bashinova, Mexico. And uh, I think you're going to be blessed by it. Our leadership lesson today is going to be by my good friend, Jason Sanchez, who's the director of the House of Blessing. Now, I'm actually serve on the board of the House of Blessing as well. It's a ministry to care for children, to care for families, be in the community and, and making a great impact in Mexico, in this community. And so it didn't start off uh, with being so big. It's actually started off 10 years ago with Jason and Jackie uh, and their daughter Ayantu coming down and uh, his aunt Kim saying, wouldn't it be cool if there was an orphanage here in this area to bless kids and really make a difference? And that little seed, that spoken word to uh, from Kim to Jason sparked, uh, man, a whole fruitful ministry of opening up an orphanage on a 40 acres piece of land here uh, in this community. Uh, it's 40 acres. It's a beautiful piece of property and many teams over the years have come down. Uh, but I remember coming down uh, with Jason and with Jackie and seeing their daughter Ayansu, them living in this church before they had any land, any property, anything like that. And just praying over this place, um, doing Bible study with them, praying over things. And we've been financially supporting them, encouraging them, and being a part of this work. And so we've really seen this thing take off from the ground up. And what ended up happening is COVID uh, actually caused the orphanage, uh, for the most part, to shut down. They took a couple of children in with them. Uh, they were process and go to aunts and uncles and uh, great aunts and all this different stuff, the children that they had. And then we've seen many children come through this ministry, but God really redirected them and their focus and expanded their vision of this ministry to not only care for children, but to care for families and be a part more in this community to share the gospel. Jason um, also serves as an elder at this church in Calvary Chapel, Bishinova, with his uncle and his nephew, which are both pastors and elders in this area. And so it's been awesome to see the Lord work and do things that you may not even have thought of. Uh, and then so a few years ago, right before COVID, uh, the Lord was directing us as the ministry was growing. Uh, Jason asked me to serve on the board here at the House of Blessing and to be able to um, be an independent organization, uh, to be able to continue to do what God's called them to do here in Bishinova, Mexico. And so it's been a privilege to be able to help out in that way. I usually serve taking a whole bunch of pictures, video, those type of things have come down several times uh, and seen the work. And we even have a few local churches in South Florida that have now come alongside to support the work. And so, man, if you're interested in any uh, connecting with Jason Sanchez or any of the people that you're going to be introduced to, um, man, please let me know. Send out an email, do a comment. I'll make sure their info is uh, in the description. It's thehouseofblessing.org. We're re-actually doing their website. 
because it's no longer an orphanage or uh, a place for a children's home, but it's actually turned into a Christian school. And the story is really amazing and it's incredible. Uh, as they had all this property and they were waiting on God, what should we do after COVID? Uh, we're all adjusting, right? We're all readjusting. Even this Leadership Lessons podcast, it was not video for a season because I was doing so much video for church services and, and helping out with all this different stuff. Um, and so... They were praying and waiting on God. What should we do, Lord? How do you want us to minister? Do you want us to go back to the States, go home? And it was never in their heart to do that. They wanted to continue to serve the Lord here and felt that strong calling. And once again, Jason's aunt Kim said, hey, what about a Christian school? They had already been teaching uh, English as second language uh, and doing some classes and actually training to uh, open up a school for the kids in their orphanage right before COVID hit. And so that seed grew into saying, hey, why don't we just have an interest meeting for the community and for the people of the church? And uh, they thought, let's just start small. We'll start with the people in the church. There may be about 18 to 20 kids interested in this, and uh, we'll see what happens. And without spreading the word, without doing advertising, uh, word of mouth spread in this small town, and about 50 to 100 people showed up. I should say 50 kids with their parents, so it was a little bit over probably 100 people, uh, showed up to an interest meeting, and Luis was able to preach the gospel to them, say, hey, every day these kids are going to get a Christian worldview. Uh, they're going to be taught the Bible. Uh, that's part of their class. Uh, all of the, most of the teachers, all of the teachers are Christians, are plugged into the church, all this different stuff. And um, they had a lot of interest. Uh, Mexico has been hurt, hit really hard. This community, especially with COVID, um, the, the small town of 25 to 3,000 people, 2,500 to 3,000 people, about 10 to 15 percent of people uh, caught COVID and actually passed away. And so the kids, even going back to school, their teacher got caught COVID and passed away. And so it's just been a delay and process of um, not having kids' education, them falling behind, and um, been really hard. And so by the God's grace and His kindness, He opened that door. And uh, right now they currently have 50, ooh, 54 students with a staff of about 16 um, 12 to 16 people um, doing this school in Bashinova, Mexico. And the House of Blessing Orphanage, uh, with a little bit of reconstruction, with a little bit of um, uh, efforts and help, has turned perfectly into a school. And really, God has given that the fresh vision for the House of Blessing ministry. And so, um, man, I'm sharing this backstory with you because you guys don't know. You Sometimes you just see a leadership lesson by a guy, especially Jason, my, my BFF, right? Uh, really good friend. And uh, you may think, wow, why is he always hanging out with these people? Well, God has divinely connected us uh, in a special way. And we serve and do a lot of great things together. Uh, and I'm really proud to be able to introduce certain people on this podcast to you. Uh, I don't strive for it. I don't look after certain people. Uh, but I do feel God has gifted me and connected me a lot of people. And I always want to grow and learn. And so... Um, I'm learning as I'm serving the Lord, and this is one of the ways I'm serving, on the board of the House of Blessing uh, at a Christian school now. And the crazy thing is they have 54 students right now. There's already about 30 people waiting, 30 children, for the next year. So it's going to go to about 80-something kids. And so the ministry is expanding, and what we love about the House of Blessing ministry is not just for the children, but to minister to the gospel uh, in the community. As Jason serves as a local uh, elder, uh, we were able to lead worship, preach the gospel here in Mexico, um, man, spend a lot of time in relationship. And we've been supporting our churches, financially been supporting this church uh, for many years as well, and the missionaries that serve here. This church is very fruitful. They um, 
have been able to do incredible work and we'll get into that work as we share more people that are connected to us and this ministry here in Bichina, Mexico. So it's the Mexico takeover. It's going to be maybe a little longer episode. I'm going to have a, a few one piece of advice videos, an interview, and just share my heart about what's going on. But this um, leadership lesson was actually recorded by Jason Sanchez uh, about worship um, in Florida as he just came and we have an annual golf tournament for the ministry there. He was able to share this uh, interview or this leadership lesson with me. And um, man, like I said, I want to keep uh, this podcast relevant to what's happening. So I've actually archived many leadership lessons. And depending on my week and where I feel the Lord's leading this podcast, each week I just decide, hey, I'm going to edit this one with my good friend here or this one or that. And so it just fit perfectly where Jason could pour into us. We could talk about worship. And that's really the heart of this whole uh, leadership lesson. We see that from the place of serving God, loving God, worshiping God, He has guided us and connected us in so many different ways. And I think you're going to be blessed by Jason and his leadership lesson on worship. And so uh, I'll let him get into that and I'll see you after his Bible study. Everyone, my name is Jason Sanchez, and uh, I have the privilege of serving as the president and director of House of Blessing, which is a nonprofit that has been working in Mexico for the past 10 years. Uh, prior to that, I served at a church for nine years up in um, Puyallup, Tacoma area in Washington as the youth college and worship pastor. And uh, I'm out here in Florida hanging out with my boy Daniel, uh, doing some ministry, and he asked me to um, just to share a word, some things that have been on my heart uh, regarding worship. Uh, I've been, uh, worship and music have been a part of my life, um, almost the majority of my life. I started um, playing music when I was 12, so over 30 years ago, and then started leading worship um, about 28 years ago. So. I have been around for a while. Uh, I am a little bit old. I feel old. And uh, during that time, I've had the opportunity, just some pretty incredible opportunities, um, leading worship at churches all over um, the United States, leading worship and music um, in other countries. Uh, I toured for a while, um, recording, producing uh, in studios, just all kinds of stuff. So. Uh, I just love music. I love everything about it. I love the creative side about it. I love how it's moving. I love the artistry side, the artistic side to it. Um, and one of the things I was thinking about is Daniel, as I came in, would you share, just talk a little bit about worship? Uh, I was on an airplane um, traveling somewhere to speak, and um, I was reading. And in my devotions, I happen to be in the book of Nehemiah. And I came across Nehemiah chapter 9. And man, something just jumped out to me so much about worship. And um, it was so incredible. And I was thinking as I was reading this, you know, here I'm 43 years old. I've been doing music since I was 12, leading worship since I was 15. And here I am on an airplane reading a passage that I've read a bunch of times before about worship and just new things were leaping off the pages and speaking to me. And um, so I don't know exactly who's listening to this, whether you're a worship leader, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a church planner, 
whether you're somebody that just subscribes to get encouragement. I want to share a few things that just the Lord spoke to me and impressed upon my heart, and I hope that it's a, an encouragement to you all. Um, let me start with this. I, I think there are a lot of preconceived ideas in sort of this boxed thinking of how worship uh, is supposed to be, especially in in regards to like the church service. And I say that because um, I have was a pastor in a church for over nine years, led worship in a number of other churches. And you kind of see sort of this regular formatted thing of how worship takes place. Uh, for example, you know, most services, right? You start off with one or two upbeat songs, right? Uh, for those who are part of Calvary Chapels, a lot of times they're, they joke around or they say, oh, those are giveaway songs because people show up 10 to 15 minutes late uh, for church. So they don't even hear those first few songs. But anyways, you got a couple, one or two upbeat songs, then you do announcements, then you do two or three kind of medium-ish songs, which segues into the Bible study, depending how long the Bible study is. And then at the end, uh, if there's time, uh, you do a closing song. And so I think that has kind of become maybe a model, uh, a, a diagram, I guess, the design of, hey, this is how church services go. Now, obviously, that's not like the standard. I know that there's a lot of churches that do things differently. Um, but churches that I've been a part of, that was kind of the norm. And um, there were times where I felt like, uh, man, you know, the spirit of the Lord is really moving like you can see as you're leading worship you know people are you know they're worshiping i mean their their hands are lifted you know their their eyes closed and again that's not just signs that people are worshiping uh, but you could just tell that the spirit was moving the song came to an end and it was like let's get into the let's get into the bible study and then there wasn't a ton of time at the end so we did like a half a song at the end so I've always just kind of wrestled with, um, man, why do we have these like time constraints? Why, why do we put things in this box, so to speak? And so if that makes sense. And so when I come across something like in Nehemiah 9, um, which kind of blows up that box a little bit, um, I was really moved by it. Um, the other thing that really moves me and I think is sort of maybe a preconceived idea in regards to worship is oftentimes we easily associate worship with singing, with music, and with instruments, right? So when we go to church, we have a time of worship. What is that? There's a band up there, guitars, uh, piano, bass, whatever the worship team looks like. And it's corporate worship, right? It's corporate singing. Obviously, that is a biblical principle. We see that all throughout the Bible. But I got to tell you, there are so many verses throughout the scriptures that speak of worship that really have nothing to do with music. Um, going all the way back to Genesis uh, with Abraham, when God calls him to sacrifice his son, uh, and Abraham says to the servant, hey, stay here. Uh, the lad and I are going up uh, the mountain to worship. 
Um, I think of, uh, you know, Romans talks about our spiritual act of worship. So again, for me as a worship leader, I want to know not just what the Bible says in regards to, you know, someone like David, who a lot of um, obviously was a gifted worship leader. Um, lots of Psalms that speak of, you know, worshiping the Lord with um, words and thanksgiving, all that stuff. But but I'm really passionate about finding verses like uh, I think we see here in Nehemiah that speak of worship, but just in a different and unique way. And so here in Nehemiah chapter 9, um, obviously the Lord had called Nehemiah to uh, rebuild, start rebuilding the wall. And when we get here to chapter 9, uh, they had finished rebuilding the wall. And uh, I'm just going to read parts of it. It says, Nehemiah 9.1, Now on the 24th day of this month, the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth on their heads. And the Israelites separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed their sins and iniquities of their father. And then we get to um, verse 3, and this is the part that just leapt off the pages when I was sitting on the plane. And the Israelites separated themselves from all foreigners. Verse 3, and they stood up in their place, and they read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day. And then for another quarter of the day, they made confession and they worshiped the Lord their God. So kind of three things two or three things stood out to me. One, the fact that for a quarter of the day, uh, they read the word. You know, we, we um, most people do services, church services for an hour, hour and a half. I'm not saying that you guys should start doing quarter of the day uh, reading the word uh, church services. However, here, a quarter of the day, they read from the book of the law of the Lord and then after doing that, for another quarter of the day, uh, they made confession and they worshiped the Lord their God. So a quarter of the day stood out to me. And then the second part was the words confession and worship and how those went together. And again, I think that this is something that is maybe not um, as incorporated, maybe in our corporate worship settings. Uh, maybe it is. I certainly know for my life personally, as I am seeking to grow my relationship with the Lord and understanding, you know, the importance of reading his word, um, the importance of confession, the importance of worship. Uh, I was thinking confession and worship and here, I mean, they really go hand in hand together. These guys had cre had, had finished an, an, an unbelievable feat. Uh, finishing the building of this wall. It's this massive thing. Nehemiah is one of my favorite books of the Bible. You should read through it, study through it. And so the first thing that they do after accomplishing this, this thing is they're broken and they come to the Lord, they read his word, and then they enter this time of confession and worship. So confession and worship how do those two things go together? Um, let me ask you guys this. Have you, have you ever, I imagine you've been in a worship service where you've heard a song and you've been moved. Uh, I am a crier uh, at times during worship, uh, both when I am leading worship at times and when I'm uh, in 
the congregation worshiping? Have you just been so moved by a song? Maybe it's um, maybe it's the lyrics. Um, maybe it's the type of song that it is. For some who are musicians and artists, um, I know there can be a distraction sometimes when the beat of the song is good, the melody, the bridge, how the worship band is doing that. Um, so do you remember a time when you've been moved? Or let me ask you this, um, are you moved in worship? Because I'll tell you, there have been plenty of times when I have gone to uh, services, even even at our own church, maybe on a Sunday when I wasn't leading worship and I was, I've just been so distracted during the worship time. And I've kind of looked at, oh, worship is a time to do all these other side things right before you get into the teaching of the word, right? Because that's the most important thing. Obviously, the teaching of the word is vital. It's important. But what do we see here? A quarter of the day was the reading of the word and a quarter of the day was worship and confession. So there's a, there's a great combination of the two, right? So are you being moved during worship? If you're a worship leader, are you being moved yourself when you worship? When you're leading corporate worship and you're singing these songs, are you just doing the songs because they're on the, the set list that you guys picked out and that you practice? Or are you yourself able to enter into this time of worship? I remember this time I went... Um, this was years ago. I went to our college group. Uh, I was not leading worship. I was in a real um, broken, difficult time in my life. I don't even know where I was at, probably with the Lord. Um, and I got there late. I didn't want to go to the service, but the Holy Spirit kind of led me there, got there late, was sitting in the back. Uh, the worship leader was singing a song, and I immediately just started sobbing. And I started sobbing. It was him and his acoustic guitar and, an, and a, another person singing. So it wasn't, I wasn't being moved because of the lights and the glamour and this powerhouse song. I was being moved by the words and the Holy Spirit that were piercing my heart and revealing the brokenness and the things that I was struggling with at that time. That's the picture I get when, when I read here that they spent a quarter of the time confessing and worshiping. Um, I think of Psalm 51, 16 and 17. Uh, the psalmist says, You will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Um, one of my favorite commentators um, he said this, this type of brokenness of heart has led them to humbly come before, in regards to in Nehemiah, has led them to humbly come before God and hear his word. A sure first step of revival is the brokenness of heart. I love that. It doesn't say a sure first step. He's not saying a sure first step of revival is having this incredible worship band and just singing songs all night long. It's a spirit of brokenness. It's coming to God. What I think the, the Israelites were recognizing here after in doing this incredible thing and reading the word is we are caught up in sin. We need to repent. We need to worship. We need to come before the Lord. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He says, repentance grows as faith grows. Do not make any mistake about it. Repentance is not a thing of days and weeks. A temporary penance 
to be got over as fast as possible. No, it is the grace of a lifetime. Like faith itself, repentance is the inseparable companion of faith. So I'm curious in our worship services, in churches and whatnot, do we have time in there for possible opportunity of, of confession? Now, I don't know what that looks like. Maybe in a church, uh, you know, I don't know, people confessing out loud, confessing in their heart, whatever it might be. But I'll tell you what, um, I, uh, I flew up here from... Uh, traveled up from Mexico, got here a little bit later than I anticipated, um, got here Sunday. Redemption Church was was uh, about to roll out their services. Uh, Pastor Daniel asked me to sing a song at the end uh, in Spanish, which uh, uh, bilingual worship, that's a whole other thing. Maybe we'll do that on another uh, podcast thing because uh, there is something so powerful, man, when people are singing in multiple languages. Anyways, so... Um, it was a song that we did right before communion. And I always think of the song, one of my favorite songs, How Deep the Father's Love. Right? When we do communion, what do we, what do we say? The pastor usually says, you know, you explain communion. And, and then Jesus had says, you know, you do this in remembrance of me. Right? So it's a time of remembering. It's a time of contemplating. Um, it's not the, we do this once a month at the end of service with bread and and the little grape juice cup because that's what everybody does no it's a, it's a time of remembering what god has done and so to me it's a time of of confession it's a time of lord lord forgive me you know i recognize what you've done and um so how deep the father's love the first verse how deep the father's love uh, for us how vast beyond the measure uh, that he would give his only son to what to make a wretch his treasure having the word wretch in a song to make a wretch his treasure and so um all that to say i'm not saying that worship needs to shift to just be this time of reread the word for a quarter of the time and then we confess and we worship because um there's a fourth aspect right so they read the word they confess they worship at the the rest of chapter nine beginning in verse um, four all the way to the end it's a prayer so you've got the word you've got confession you've got worship and then you got prayer those things should harmoniously if that's a word go together in our worship service um the prayer that that um that they say it's so beautiful they're just recounting the incredible things that god has done it, it they, they're worshiping they're praising god through prayer about what he's done so we're seeing worship in the word we're seeing worship through confession we're seeing worship through prayer and then i don't want this hopefully this doesn't seem like a, a debbie downer sermon or anything saying hey man worship isn't about music and stuff because uh a few chapters later in Nehemiah chapter 9, these guys get down like crazy when it comes time to dedicate the wall. They finish the wall. They have this time of seeking God, confession, worship, prayer, reading his word. And then when we get to, to uh, chapter 12, verses 27 through 47, let me just read as we close. Let me just read a couple highlights from here. Uh, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem. 
to celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgiving, with singing, with cymbals, with harps, with lyres. Uh, and the sons of the singers gathered together from the districts surrounding Jerusalem, from the villages of the uh, Netophathites. And then they go into all these people that are coming from all these places. Uh, Nehemiah brings leaders of Judah and they bring them up on one wall. It says in verse 31 that they appointed two great choirs. I mean, this I would have loved to have been there to see this now, this corporate singing worship, right? We've read the word. We have confessed through worship. We have prayed, and now we are going to sing. We are going to shout. We are going to rejoice. So one side of the wall on the south, he lines it with the choir, uh, goes through the list of all these dudes uh, that were on that side. And then he lines, there was musical instruments uh, of David, the man of God, the Ezra, the scribe, was there at the fountain gate. They were straight up before them by the stairs of the Sea of David, the ascent of the wall. So these guys are everywhere. Verse 38 says, then they lined up the choirs on the north, right? So they got choirs. I imagine, I'm imagining hundreds of people. South side, north side, lining up choirs. Um, they've got trumpets. Uh, they have singers. Um, verse 43 says, and they offered great sacrifices that day and they rejoiced for God and made them rejoice with great joy and women and children also rejoiced. And then the end of verse 43, it says, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. I love that it says the joy of Jerusalem. It doesn't say the music of Jerusalem. It says the joy of Jerusalem. I don't know what they sang. I don't know how long they sang for, but you've got everybody. After this time of, of brokenness, restoration, rebuilding, confession, reading of the word, and now it's like, let, is, let us, um, with our voices and with our instruments, let us sing, let us worship, and let us declare um, the greatness of our God. So I hope that's helpful to me. That kind of breaks up the box in this idea of what worship should look like. And again, um, this isn't for you to go back to your churches and be like, oh, hey, we've got to do this and this. No, it's for you, um, number one, to be reading the word, to be in confession. Lord, uh, have, have, have maybe we missed it as a church? Have maybe we missed it as a worship team? Have maybe we've been doing our agenda rather than what you're wanting. And let the Holy Spirit work and move and expand that box or completely take it away. Where who knows, maybe each service uh, is different every week. And I'm not saying to swing from one side of the pendulum to the other. You've got to be where the Lord wants you to be. Um, but just I love, again, just verses like this where it is speaking just kind of a new perspective as it relates to something that is so dear to my heart, this area of worship. And hopefully um, it's spoken to and encouraged you guys. So thanks for this opportunity. God bless you. Keep worshiping the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. God bless. God is so good and he deserves our worship. He is worthy of our worship and everything that we could do uh, in this life can be worship unto the Lord. 
I love that about God's grace and His goodness. And uh, I love being able to hear Jason's perspective. Uh, we've, uh, we're even in Mexico this weekend uh, leading worship. Um, he actually helped my wife actually um, record a song. She just wrote a song. Uh, and we went into his studio, and uh, it was just really fun. What a great thing to be able to worship the Lord and actually sing and give Him praise for what we do. Uh, it's a blessing. I want to remind you, if you're a church leader in God's church, it's a blessing to serve the Lord. It's so incredible. And it's a blessing to be able to serve God with people around you. And I want to introduce you to not only Jason, which you have probably heard on this podcast before, but his wife, Jackie. In this one piece of advice uh, video, Jackie is a, a godly woman, a good friend of Laura, and she really uh, is the hub and the key here in Mexico. As Jason travels probably once a month to all these churches around the state, she stays here. She takes care of not only her family and the kids here, um, but the ministry and the work here. And she's just uh, one that we love and care about, both Laura and I, and I'm excited for her to just give you this simple one piece of advice and introduce you to her. Hi everyone, I'm Jackie Sanchez. My husband is Jason and we live here in Pachinifa, Mexico. We have been missionaries here for the last 10 years and I am also a newly appointed kindergarten teacher this year. Um, and my piece of advice is something super simple but something that you can take with you every day. And it is to extend grace not only to other people but also to yourself. Um, there's so many circumstances in our lives that are out of our control and I think sometimes we can be really hard on ourselves and um, I just think the more grace that you give to yourself and the more you give it over to God then it's just gonna be so much better in the end and also don't take things in life so seriously have fun laugh about things um, make light of a situation and um, just know that it's not it's not as bad as it, it really is, and God is in control, and everything is going to work out according to His plan and not your plan. There you go. Well, like she said on that video, she, uh, Jackie, has just started teaching preschool. Uh, I was able to bring some people in our team, and Joanna actually did a FaceTime uh, uh, with her children and be able to ask questions and interview and was in the classroom all week just pouring into them and it's so cool to see these gifts in Mexico. Jason leading worship with his wife, teaching, preaching, but also making a real impact every day and as he's doing admin and administration stuff, she is actually pouring her heart into these children and it's so cool to see. One cool thing about this school is it's not only uh, her, but many other people in this community that love the Lord that are serving. Uh, this next one piece of advice, that's right, I told you I'm gonna give you multiple videos in this episode. This next one piece of advice is by a guy named Aaron. He's actually the Bible teacher here uh, at the school at the House of Blessing um, ministry in this property. Um, it's Christian Education of Bashinava. Um, their official title, they have a school committee and a board, and it's a Mexico official, but um, he he actually, uh, I met him almost the first time I came down to Bashina of Mexico, where he was marrying uh, his wife. Uh, I remember taking videos and pictures of his um, wedding uh, as I met Aaron, and he has been a missionary here in this area, but not only in this area, he went up to the mountains um, and planted a church as well. Uh, and when I say mountains in isolation, uh, it's no electricity, it's very rural and very um, building your house from the ground up. And God has really used him in multiple ways. He's now back here in Bashinava, uh, going to the Calvary Chapel here in Bashinava. 
And um, it's so cool to see uh, him being able to pour into these kids. He teaches PE, uh, and also every day the kids have a chapel service uh, from um, the first 15, 20 minutes of their school day. And so I ask Aaron, hey, what's one piece of advice, especially uh, you've dealt with a lot of people that have, have planted a church, you're working with children that maybe don't know the Bible, don't even um, know Jesus. How do you make disciples? What's one piece of advice you give us? And uh, he told us this important lesson here. And so here's Aaron's one piece of advice. Hi, my name is Aaron Weens. I uh, currently live in Bashinivo, Mexico. I uh, have been a missionary in the mountains, the Tarawana Mountains, for about five years in Mexico, and I've been five years here in Bashinivo. Uh, currently, I'm a gym teacher, and I teach Bible, and I lead a lot of the devotions here at the at the school. Something God has uh, really pressed on my heart and taught me over the last several years of ministry is how important it is to make the scripture and the stories of the scripture understand understandable um, to, to every level of uh, literacy, to le every level of uh, learning capacity. When I lived up in the mountains, there was a lot of people who were barely literate. And um, I think my seven, eight-year-old son, it was probably as literate as some of the people who um, were in the congregation at that time. And we put a lot of emphasis and good emphasis on uh, expository preaching. And there are people who do that very beautifully. But we need to not be afraid to just tell the simple stories of Scripture and let the stories of Scripture show the character of God and draw people in. The stories of Scripture are so engaging. They're scandalous. They're you know, marvelous, unbelievable, miraculous. And that sticks with people, people who don't have the capacity to open up the scriptures in home and read the Bible. They're going to remember the stories b better than, you know, the definition of logos in Greek. And so as teachers of the word, I think God has just shown me um, to emphasize telling the stories of the Bible and, and helping people connect to him through the stories that he, uh, that he's given us. And I think one of the things that really encouraged me into doing this was uh, Jesus' teaching on the parables. There were so many times that Jesus would share a parable and he would just leave it at that. He would just leave, leave the story for the people to chew on. And they would tell that story to their children and, and so on and so forth. And for generations, for thousands of years, the scriptures and the stories of creation and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses have been passed on around campfires, um, around the dinner table. And so as a teacher of the word, it's my goal uh, to just tell the stories in a way that engages the people that are listening and allows them to connect to their creator um, in a beautiful way. So keep uh, teaching, uh, keep preaching, uh, expository preaching, but don't be afraid to just tell the simple stories of scripture as they are let the scriptures come to life in the mind of the, um, of the listener. Thanks. Well, as Aaron talked about the importance of stories, I want to introduce you to 
Pastor Luis and Kim and share their story. I did an interview and it's sort of funny, it's Mexico style, it was last minute and they're a little bit out of focus and I only had two mics and there was three of us, but I think the quality is good enough that you're gonna be blessed by their story and I just wanna introduce you to them, for you to see them if you're watching on YouTube, but also just to introduce you to this great and godly couple. They're both in their late 50s and been serving the Lord for almost 20 years down in Bashina, Mexico and actually got saved on a mission trip because Jason's dad, Kim's brother, um, brought Luis and Kim on these mission trips to interpret and through that they actually got saved and had a heart to serve the Lord. And so their story is really great. We're going to have more content and uh, lessons and one piece of advice video after their story. But I just wanted you to hear from their heart, introduce you to them, and uh, hopefully you'll be blessed by this video. Check it out. Well, hey everyone, I am Daniel Williams here with good friends, Pastor Luis and Kim, uh, here in Bashida, Mexico. And I'm excited to ask them a couple of questions so you all can get to know them. And uh, before we get into ministry and what God is doing here at the church, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, your grandkids, your children, and uh, how many kids and grandkids do you have? Do you want to talk? Just talk. <laughs> we have five kids. We have four daughters and one son, and we have 12 grandchildren. Holy smokes, Luis, do you know all of their names? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know their age, but I know their names. Yeah, yeah. Do all of your kids and grandkids live in Mexico? We have um, all of our kids Except and grandkids do live in Mexico, but one daughter lives in New Mexico Espanola. with my mom. Okay. Yes. That's great. Uh, how many live in Bishinaba? Four. Four children and 12 grandkids. Okay, awesome. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Luis, uh, we're in Bishinava. It's a little bit of a rural town. We yes. had to drive five and a half hours from El Paso oh, to get here. Yes. Five hours or so. How did you end up planting a church in this area? Well, I'm usually like, I was born near Bishinava uh, and, and the place named La Quemada. So it's about 25, 30 minutes from here. And uh, uh, well, I went to the United States when I was 19, and I met my wife, and uh, I met her brother Ron, who a, was a youth pastor. So uh, he was talking about uh, coming to my place, La Quemada, to a church, but then there was no church in there. So I brought him to Bachinima because I knew a pastor here. So we came on a mission trip, and it was in 1996. 1996. So we just came, we weren't even Christians back then. So uh, we came to help him because he helped me to help him to translate. So I, we came to Vashiniva and I think, uh, well, my wife, I think the first year you accepted Jesus and she accepted Jesus in her heart. And uh, me was right after. And so we continue coming to uh, mission trips once a, like once a year, once a year. And uh, I remember we had a little store. Now we have a school rooms there uh, and uh, we were with the missionary group from Washington and I felt the call there. I felt like uh, the Lord told me to come and not to plant the church. He told me to come. Uh, I felt that he told me to come to do um, missionary work, to work with the uh, youth and kids, which we uh, agree. I, I, I remember I shared that with my wife and the group and we were excited. And my, wife and the children, they were okay with it. They said, well, yeah, we want to come to Shinima. So 
We came not to plant the shirts again. I said uh, we came to just to work with the youngest. But I, I got here, and uh, the first Sunday I came to with my sister who lives, lives, she lives across the church, and there were adults waiting for me to teach them the Bible. And I, I told <laughs> them, I, I don't know how to teach the Bible. So I said, I came here to work with the kids and, and youth. So I started preaching, not knowing that much. And uh, like a two weeks, two weeks later, no, my brother-in-law came with, uh, from Washington, Ron Sanchez, with a group, a missionary group. And we were uh, gathering there outside uh, in the patio. And he said, I remember he said, uh, well, uh, here's you, you're preaching the words and uh, there's people listening, so this is church here. And I, I remember I got so scared, I said, hey, this is the it's too premature. I'm scared already. Yeah. So I didn't, uh, the church, I think it planted herself, I guess. Uh, yeah. God had his plans, but I, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Well, often the peop people are the church, right? Yes. So there was no building. It was outside no. the patio with your sister. How, how long did it take to build this church, or how many teams came and built this? Well, first we, we like, building. First, before that, we, it took a while because we were after the, after the, when it got cold and rainy, so we got gathered in a, in a place that was, was the store before. And then uh, I remember the first time, well, it was the first or second time the group came, we, uh, a person told me he was selling this piece of land here for $450. So $450. So yeah. we bought it <laughs> and they went back to Washington and we started uh, doing the footings. And then uh, the church from uh, Santa Fe, uh, they started coming and helped us to do the uh, slab. And then uh, my brother and I came with a group from Washington, so they got excited. And then it started helping, and it went kind of fast. But it took it. Like, it took us like probably two years. Two, two, two plus years to build this. Yeah, Kim, how would you describe this area, Bashinava, um, to someone who's never visited before? I would say Bashinava is beautiful. We're surrounded by mountains. Yes. It's an apple orchard um, area. There's apples um, for about three months out of the year. Um, the people are very friendly. They always ask you to, they're friend, just friendly people. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good place to live. And, and it's kind of weird because uh, if people come from other places like the United States and they fall in love with Vashiniva and some of them are here now. <laughs> that is true. Like Aaron. And you guys are here. Uh-huh, yeah. I don't know how many times I've been here. I know I've been coming since Jason and Jackie moved here, mm -hmm. and when they actually lived in the church across the way. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So it's been, you know, we, we started our church in Florida, and Jason moved to Mexico right. mm -hmm. at about the same time. Um, let's talk a little bit about the church, because we have this beautiful building, but the thing I love about Bashinava is the people, um, the church, the body of Christ. What has God been doing lately, this last year or two, just within the church, and how have you seen him work? Good question. <laughs> um, well, after after the uh, pandemic, the COVID thing, yeah. we, we got kind of little low assistance. Like uh, it used to be a lot more people, and then we saw that the uh, people that were here were the strong Christians. So I think uh, what he's doing, the Lord is just getting more. Uh, how would I say, like? more willing to, to learn about Him, to mm -hmm. read the Bible and participate. And I think we're growing because we started doing 
and Sunday after church we're doing a, a prayer meeting so I think people are growing and they're excited they're participating more and they're uh, learning more about that Lord and they're willing to a lot of them yeah what about your perspective Kim how have you seen God be working lately well I think the core group of uh, the, the teachers and the the core group here in the church mm -hmm. we're growing a lot yeah. and that helps us to minister to the new people who are coming and then of course with um, the school that um, is another part of it's kind of like a kind of its own mission field yeah and talk a little bit about that because you're the director so how involved are you Luis the church body here just all in at the school well the school started with the <coughs> hope of teaching making a school for the church kids yeah so when we started the whole idea there was about 22 church kids and 18 of them came to the school or enrolled in the school so we thought we were going to start with between 18 and 20 kids well we ended up with 53 because word of mouth that there was a new christian school and and i really believe it's because the lord had us here since 2004 mm -hmm. so people knew us so they weren't too skeptical of, of you know, a new, yeah, a new school. Yeah. When there's plenty of schools here already, public schools. Mm -hmm. But um, we've seen it's very fruitful with the school. They've been coming, um, some of the students have been coming to church. They've been bringing their parents. So it's been really good. That's amazing. Um, let's talk about mission teams. When a mission team comes to Vashinava in this church, uh, how does it affect the body? What do you do? You guys like mission teams? Is it an encouragement? What What do you What would you say to those that are maybe watching this video um, that maybe are thinking about coming on a mission trip? Oh, I, I would tell them that come. Yeah, you're always welcome. And uh, personally, as a couple, family, it encourages us a lot. Yeah. I mean, it helps us. We hear like as group, I feel like we get more desire. I mean, we're always willing to work with the Lord, but we get like a little push and we are excited about it. I mean, I remember in the beginning, I mean, when without groups, we were kind of scared. People mm -hmm. came and it, it was exciting. So it helped encourage us. And then it's, uh, it helped us to know that there's not just this little part of the body. There's more people that are praying for us and caring for us. And so it encouraged us. It's nice to have you guys here. Yeah. What about you, Kim? How, have you seen it affect not only your family, but like the church body? Church. Um, well, my family, the kids, when we first came down, my kids were between 3 and 16. So it was great having mission trips. Just great. They went, they got special attention from Americans. We got to speak English all the time, yeah. um, which was big for me. Um, Do you still miss that, speaking English? Oh, yes. To, yeah. In, if you didn't know, English is the best language in the world. What? Think <laughs> <Sing> Spanish is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then just having uh, people to, who are saying, what can I do? How can I help? I mean, it's just huge. So, yeah, we've always encouraged. and We're encouraged, and we encourage people to come because um, as we're being encouraged, just the whole setup and the whole life here encourages the missionaries, and they go back home with a different perspective. Yeah, and and I, if I may, <laughs> I think that the church is getting more encouraged now. At the beginning, it was that they come the gringos. Sorry about that word. <laughs> yeah. Now, no, they, now they say they come the brothers in Christ, 
and they're willing to buy open their house for and they, they're excited they can encourage, encourages the church too yeah it seems like every night people want us to come over to their house yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many busy nights it's been great so if you guys want to come you already get your stomach ready to eat a lot of mexican food oh so good <laughs> um well to close like how can we pray for you both personally um, leading and shepherding people here in Bishinaba, but also how can we pray for the church? Uh, well, for, for us, it's continue praying that we're get, uh, we can get an old and uh, our bones <laughs> hurt a lot, so pray for health for new strength. That took a lot in you to say that, huh? <laughs> pray <Yeah>. for energy. <laughs> We have the desire to continue working, but we need the strength. So pray for strength and health, and uh, just never, never forget the to never forget the vision, the call. Yeah. You can pray for the youth. The youth, mm -hmm. I think, here and in all over the world now, it's a they're different. It's a different. It's mm -hmm. a different time, and um, I think we need training and we need. Um, I don't know, a lot of prayer to see how, how we can minister to kids who who are just overwhelmed with technology and and just stuff. Yeah, yeah. That'll be one of the main. Yeah. Well, we will definitely be praying for you as we watch this video. I hope that spurs some um, more prayers for you guys. Uh, it only took about 10 years to get you guys <laughs> on, on a... <laughs> on video. Luis, your English is great. I don't, <laughs> Come on, it's perfect. It's, it's better than my Spanish. But let me let me take time to pray for you guys right Jesus. now. Jesus, we just thank you so much that we can pray for brothers and sisters around the world. And God, as we're here in Bishinaba, um, Lord, just have, having a service with Spanish songs and Spanish message, Lord, we just thank you, God, that you are God of the nations, that you love and care for uh, how you're working all over the world. And we want to take time specifically to pray for uh, Pastor Luis, for Kim, for the work that they have been called to, Lord, to make disciples here in this church, um, in this city. Uh, as Kim shared, even with the school, directing that and, and thinking about the evangelism and how the youth are now coming, Lord, we pray that the gospel go forth with power, that you would continue to give them opportunity to share the gospel. Lord, and, and that this core group that has stayed and been discipled and is doing so much good stuff here, Lord, that you would refresh them, not only with mission teams, um, but Lord, fresh them with your spirit, with encouragement with, from within the body, and just continue to provide for them in special ways. And so we just thank you so much that we can be here with them this week, and we just pray that you would put it in our hearts to continue to pray for them and to let them know that they are not alone and that we love them and care for them and that you're using them in a mighty way. Thank you for their example, their godliness, for their faithfulness to this work. And we just pray for sustained energy as they are getting older. We thank you, God, how you've raised up even younger people, Nieves, and um, just even, even churches uh, that have come out of this body. We're so blessed by the work that you've done in and through them. So continue to do that, God. We love you and we ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Gracias. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I hope that you're gleaning a lot of wisdom and whether you're watching this in uh, one setting, which I tend to not do uh, with my podcast that I enjoy, I just stop and wherever I stop, I just pick up whenever I can. And so there's a lot of great content. I told you I was going to give you a lot of great content because I've learned a lot of stuff over the years with these great leaders here in Mexico. Uh, people that maybe not are on Instagram or uh, uh, big world speakers and written books, but are doing great things for the Lord. And one thing I love about this church particularly is how they've equipped people and seen kids really be raised up. And one kid particularly has really blessed me. His name is Nieves. Uh, he is Jason's nephew, but he's also a pastor and elder here at this church. And he's Pastor uh, um, Luis and Kim's son. And I met him obviously when he was younger, 10 years ago. And uh, I've just seen him grow in his uh, Bible education. Uh, he went to go to the mountains for a few years, planted a church. He's helped a lot in this church. He uh, leads Wednesday night services. He does the youth. And even this last Sunday when I taught, he was able to interpret. He is a gifted interpreter. I mean, it's like I say one thing and he says in Spanish. Uh, one of my teammates uh, on the mission team that were here Joanna, she was blown away as she speaks Spanish and, is, and English, and she was blown away of how amazing uh, he did. And he does do an incredible work and has done uh, incredible work here in this church and in this community. He is also uh, one of the committee members of the school and has been a school teacher in the Mennonite um, schools down here. And so he has an education. He's highly uh, gifted, but he's a great guy and a good friend. And so it's just a blessing to always serve with Nieves. I actually had him uh, teach a 20-minute Bible study for our church to for him to be able to minister to us and from us to learn as a church as well. And I asked him to do a one piece of advice video for us. That's right. A hat trick trifecta, three one pieces of advice videos. You're welcome. And so I know that this is a longer episode, but hey, you know, we're remaining flexible. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm learning this, this, um, this is what I'm learning this week. And, uh, being around all these incredible leaders, I just throw up my camera and I'm just throwing up the lapel and giving you, uh, the wisdom that, uh, God is giving me through these relationships. And so, uh, Nieves is married to Cotton and they have an incredible family and children. And, uh, it's cool to hear him talk on the subject of training up children in his one piece of advice video. All right, well, hello everybody. My name is Nieves, and I'm an assistant pastor and youth leader here in Capilla Calvario de Bashiniwa, located in the state of Chihuahua in Mexico. And this is my one piece of advice. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, my wife and I have been blessed and, uh, with four beautiful children. But truth be told, having a family and being uh, in the ministry, it can be really tough. And more often than I like to admit it, my kids end up getting um, the leftovers of our time and energy. And this is not good at all. God has established us as parents to be the primary spiritual influence of our children. No matter what our job, no matter what our ministry may look like, we are, this is what we're supposed to be doing for our children. It is our job to train them up in the way they should go. We should get, we're going to give an account to the Lord on that final day of how we did our job training up our children. No matter how tired we were, no matter how busy we were, no matter how, how crazy the ministry may get, this is what we're supposed to be doing. So no matter how tired we may become or busy our schedule may look, let us be ready to be training up our children 
in the way of the Lord. So there's two things that I'd like to talk about. My two pieces of advice is one, redeem our time and count the cost. As we're looking at our children in the ministry and as we're trying and we're striving to train them up in the way they should go, we have to recognize how important it is. This is super important. This is something that the Lord has given us as parents and we need to use our time wisely. We need to redeem the time and acknowledge that this is something that the Lord requires from us as parents. We need to invest in our children. We need to invest in them to train them up in the way they should go. Regularly and abundantly, we need to spend time together in the Word. We need to be studying the Word together as a family. There's great material, material available for us to use. Of course, we have the Bible, which is the primary source of our, uh, of our teaching to our children. But there's also family devotionals. We can worship and we can sing to the Lord together. So let us redeem our time as a family and count the cost. We only have them for a short amount of time and we have to train them up. Also, spend time together. As much as, as it's possible, we need to do things together. Whether that be taking them to the store, whether it be, you know, just spending time with them no matter what it is. And our day make, let, we have to make them part of our daily routine. And in those times, in a very natural and organic way, we can attend to their needs. We need to be attentive to their needs and train them up in the ways of the Lord. Because this, this is the way that Proverbs is talking about, about training them up in the way they should go, in the way of the Lord is the way they should go. So that's my piece of advice to you that are in, that's in the ministry, that you have a family and you're trying to juggle maybe a job, the ministry and the family. We can't give our family the scraps. We can't give them what's left of us. We have to give them the best of ourselves and we have to train up our kids in the way they should go. So that's one of my piece of advice and I hope that it blesses you and it helps your family to be stronger and closer to the Lord. Thank you very much. Well, one important lesson that I've learned from just observing Calvary Chapel Bashinava, Pastor Luis, the heart of this whole team, people around here serving the Lord, is just their heart of discipleship, of how they train people up to really follow God. And I've actually seen this church plant other churches, this small community, plant and minister and serve and just do the things God's called them to do. It's been such an incredible blessing. And one of the church plants that they've planted is in Port Vere, which is only about 15, 20 minutes away. Um, but it's a guy named Sergio, his wife and... Um, them planted a church with their family and uh, it's just been doing incredible work and one of the works that they've done is actually uh, they have started to write VBS material and curriculum and I'm so proud to be a part of this pot project my wife Laura is an artist uh, she has her own business design uh, dear Laura Jean's design and she actually does custom portraits and all this different stuff and Jason asked her to customize artwork for uh, the VBS that Sergio and his wife were writing and so uh, Josefina and so um, we had the privilege to be able to put together VBS curriculum he Put it together and one of the reasons why he wanted to do this is because in Mexico in this area especially uh, it's very impoverished um, people here are making about uh, $12 a day uh, in US dollars and so although um, there is VBS curriculum that they did uh, with the states making a Spanish version it gets very expensive and so he had really a heart 
to make curriculum that people in this area, in this community, could use for minimal or free cost. And so uh, Jason saw that as part of the House of Blessing ministry to reach the community and saw uh, Sergio's heart and just was able to come alongside of him and help him do that. So Jason went to his studio and made five custom songs for VBS. Uh, Laura was able to draw pictures. I was able to design banners. And we put this thing together and uh, now over four churches have used it in this area. And uh, Sergio has had a heart for children as he planted a church with primarily a lot of kids and now they've grown up when I first met his daughter uh, she was about my son's age um, and she was maybe uh, man like seven six or seven uh, and so now she's actually 17 about to graduate high school and actually come on staff next year working at the church teaching and uh, not the church but at the school teaching and so uh, it's just incredible to see this couple and I asked him to share a little bit of the vision of what he's doing and I'm sharing this right now with you uh, because man maybe you have uh, a need to do VBS in um Spanish, and he has a heart to give this stuff away. We're coming together to have a, a Dropbox links where you could download the songs, the curriculum, uh, all this different stuff, the artwork, the coloring pages, all for free. Uh, that's his heart, and so it's such a blessing. So I just said, hey, Sergio, what's the vision? Would you be able to explain it? Now, I will warn you, some of it's going to be in Spanish, which I don't understand. No hablo espanol, see? Uh, but his daughter actually speaks English very well and she interpreted. And so I'm going to have her just share what he is saying. And I think it's going to be a blessing to you. And it's a great resource because, again, uh, our heart at EE Leaders is not only to encourage you, but to equip you. And I know that for friends in Madrid, Spain, they're talking about using this. Uh, the church plant that came out of our church, uh, he is Hispanic and he w works with a lot of Hispanics and speaking uh, Spanish in our area in South Florida. And so they're able to take this curriculum and actually use VBS in their ministry. And maybe that would be you. Maybe you would want to use this VBS curriculum in Spanish to bless other people. And uh, also, if you don't uh, have kids that speak Spanish and you're just an English speaking person, I want you to understand and know the heart that God can use a church like this in a community with only two, uh, two to three thousand people to make disciples and to multiply. And hopefully it will encourage you to continue to equip and train those people that God has sent you. I know for us as Redemption Church, I had to learn to be a small church pastor. Uh, we've always been a, a church of 50 uh, adults, sometimes even less. Okay, so uh, I know the average church in America is is under 100 people. It's, I think, new stats are coming out. It's about high 70s, uh, the average church. And just because we may be small in numbers does not mean we're, effect we're not effective. You can have a thriving, healthy, small church and be effective for God's kingdom, just like uh, Calvary Chapel Bishinova has done that, and just like Redemption Church in Delray Beach. We've planted churches. We have this ministry, EE Leaders. We do a lot of different things that God has called us to do, and we want you to embrace that as well. And so whether you're a, a, a church of a smaller congregation, a larger congregation, I want you to be encouraged by the work that uh, a church, a local church can have in their community. And I hope that through these interviews, one piece of advice, you're getting that. And so here's this short, quick uh, testimony and vision uh, of Sergio just explaining about VBS and what they've done. Hola, mi nombre es Sergio Cera. Ella es mi esposa Josefina y es mi hija Litsi. Y nosotros vivimos aquí en México, en el estado de Chihuahua en un municipio pequeño que se llama Bashiniva y particularmente nosotros vivimos en un pueblito llamado El Porvenir de Bashiniva. 
So he is um, Sergio, Josefina, his wife, and um, their daughter, Litsi. And we live here in Mexico in the state of Chihuahua in a, a small place, Bashiniva, and more specifically in El Porvenir de Bashiniva. Pues el Señor nos ha dado el privilegio y la bendición de servir para su obra, para su reino, aquí en, en este pueblo del Porvenir de Bashiniva. Ahí estamos a cargo de la iglesia Capilla Calvario en el Porvenir. Es un pequeño pueblito de poco más de mil habitantes y ahí es donde el Señor nos ha puesto. So God has given us the privilege of serving him uh, here in Porvenir and we are uh, leading a church right there and we're working with the people. It's not a very big place. The people living there is around a thousand. Entre algunas cosas que el Señor nos ha dado la oportunidad de servir es eh, trabajar eh, con los niños y en esta ocasión, pues gracias a Dios, tenemos la oportunidad de hacer equipo con Jason, eh, Daniel <risa> y, este, eh, y su, sus familias, ¿verdad? nosotros y ellos sus familias, eh, para trabajar en un material de escuelita bíblica, de vacaciones para los niños. Eh, el año pasado pudimos hacer un material que se llama eh, Valientes por Jesús nuestro Rey, que trata acerca de la vida del Rey David y cómo Cristo Jesús, ¿verdad?, es nuestro Rey. So we work a lot with kids and we have the privilege of starting this VBS uh, material. Um, last year we did one called Valientes, um, translated would be like brave or courageous, and This year we have the desire to keep on going with this and, and we're working with Jason, Daniel and their families to, with the, in this project. Y para este año, si el Señor nos permite, queremos concluir un material que se llama eh, Rescatados por Jesús nuestro Salvador, eh, tomando como base las historias bíblicas de Noé y su familia y cómo Cristo, así como Noé y su familia fueron salvados por el arca que Dios proveyó, así Jesús es nuestro salvador para todo aquel que cree. And this year we're working on a new material called Rescue. And well, through this material we want to talk about Noah's life and how God was working uh, through through him and in that time. And yeah. Okay. Y nuestro deseo es que lo que podamos hacer para gloria del Señor es, eh, esté al alcance de todos, de manera sencilla, de manera fácil y que lo puedan usar si les sirve para gloria del Señor y para que los niños conozcan a Cristo, pues ese es nuestro más grande deseo. And our desire is that everyone will be able to use this material that The, it will reach kids that need it, families, churches that really need this material and that it will be a blessing for them. Pues eso es por lo pronto y pues gusto en saludar a no sé quiénes estarán de aquel lado, pero a quienes Dios nos dé el privilegio de saludar. Que el Señor les bendiga. Well, that was it. It's um, nice to say hi to all of you, whoever is there. Um, and well, may God bless you. 
Well, there you have it. That is the Bishinova Mexico takeover of the Leadership Lessons podcast. Uh, it's so great to be able to uh, introduce you to all these guys and girls, people in ministry that are doing a great work here. Uh, would you pray for them? I'm going to try to put links, descriptions, different things like that. I'm talking to other local pastors in our area, people that I know that want to do mission trips. Yes, we receive mission teams here. Uh, probably 8 to 12 mission teams a year come down, teams of 10 to 12. Uh, it's a sweet place. It's safe. It's beautiful. We've been eating food like nothing else. Hopefully, you've watched the video and I've been able to add pictures and B-roll footage and just throw some stuff in there for you to get a feel of what this community is like. I, I love coming down here. It's so peaceful. Uh, it's so uh, important to the work that God has called us to do in South Florida because every time I come here, I learn something new. Uh, this time in uh, this trip, I learned uh, relationships matter. You know, this is the first time that I brought another team down since the pandemic. I've come down uh, as a board member and with um, Jeremy, which I'll introduce to you later on in this uh, season. Um, man, I've come down with uh, by myself to do some video work and to meet up with Jason and do ministry here. But it's so great to be able to bring people and show them. And I was so blown away by how much relationships matter. And not only the people in Bashinova, Mexico, who I've seen year after year after year, but also our team who came down. I want to give a special shout out to Brian, to Sue, to Joanna, to Nicole, to Nala, to my daughter May, to Laura. Uh, we were able to serve and be here for a whole week, and our primary goal was just to love, to serve, to be relational. We did some painting, yes. We did video. We did those type of things. Um, we did some practical stuff, but uh, the reality is um, God has connected us to certain people. And so, man, look up, put your head around. I know that we as church leaders are so busy, but would you make time and space for relationships? Relationships, not only to do ministry, but relationships with people on your team. You know, Sue is a great godly woman and I could not do all the things that I'm doing without her. She's my administrative assistant. And yet, uh, she's a sister in Christ. She's one that is pouring into these uh, youth and has been so good to be uh, with her all week in a different uh, capacity. Uh, oftentimes we forget that as church leaders. We're so into doing, doing, doing. Don't forget that Christ wants us to love Him and to love others well. And we need to make space and time for that. So I've had a blessing being able to be here relationally with uh, Pastor Luis, with Kim, with Nieves Cotton, with Aaron, with uh, Jackie, with... Um, you know, Letty, with Manny, with all these other people that I didn't even introduce you. And I will be introducing you more and more as I uh, get them involved and they share their wisdom with us. But um, man, God has blessed you with people as well. Uh, maybe you've been going on mission teams or mission trips or ministry that you're connected with. Don't, don't uh, take those relationships for granted. Pour into them. I'm so blessed how I saw the growth of our mission team come here and um, see them uh, work. You know, Joanne and Sue told me, I just want to go on the mission, this mission team uh, because I feel like I know them. Our church has prayed for this area and this church for a long time. And so I would just ask you to pray for the relationships here in Bishina of Mexico, that the Holy Spirit would be continue to pour out His Spirit upon this work, that they would be filled with His Spirit to do the work, uh, that they would have a great relationship with the Lord, but also with one another, and God would multiply their work. And so if you want to get more involved with this work, please reach out to me. Uh, please, I can connect you with any of these people. I'll put the information down. Even maybe you want to bring a team down and just see the work that God's doing, or maybe 
maybe we could even have a special church leaders, EE leaders mission trip, uh, an interest meeting where I could take a handful of pastors and people uh, that uh, maybe we just want to come down. Uh, reach out to me. I'd be open to any of that. But I wanted to introduce you to that and be flexible. As I'm stuck here in Bishinova, Mexico, listen, it wasn't by chance. It was a part of God's plan. And I know that there's going to be a lot of different things that don't go according to your plan as you're serving the Lord. Let's stay flexible. Let's remember, hey, our life is a mission. God can direct us. His spirit can work no matter what. And so I've come to you from Bashina of Mexico in this Leadership Lessons podcast in this time, in this season, for this purpose, to encourage and equip you. Thank you guys so much for watching. Man, if you can, please leave a review. Share this with your family, with your friends, uh, with other church leaders. Leave comments. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or, uh, man, subscribe to a podcast. However you're listening or watching, I appreciate you spending so much time with me and I hope that this was a blessing. We will see you in the next video.